I know we don't have notes for this, but do we? Do you have any? I guess we should pull up at least the credits. I'm just going to read it off the back of the DVD case. Oh. I'm just going to do that. All right. Who's <laughs> and who's doing it? Now I, I got. I'm doing the credits. So. Oh, okay. So you're doing the credits. So I right. do the open. Yeah. So I think I'm ready when you are. Okay. Let me just. If I ever, if I ever fix that light, I'd be able to read this. This is part. Of, <laughs> this is the thing. Is okay. Yeah, I can pretty much read it. So whenever you want to go. All right. Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keane, and today we're discussing The Villain, also known as Cactus Jack, starring Kirk Douglas. See, I already lost it. <laughs> Kirk Douglas, Anne Margaret, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Foster Brooks, Ruth Buzzy, Jack Elam, Scrother Martin, and special guest star Paul Lind. Now let me find the writer. I'm just going to explain to the audience. <laughs> Do you want to just start this over again? No, this is fine. This is this is going to be a very different kind of episode yes, than usual. So I think we should just roll with this. All right, go ahead. So let me. So wait, let me let me find. Uh, okay, written by Robert G. Kane and directed by Hal Needham. I don't know who re- released it and on what date because we didn't we're coming in it up. with no notes. <laughs> yes. So let's explain that this movie was so. I mean. Explain this movie, please, because I, I still don't understand it, and I've watched it. Okay, so, yes, yeah, so we're, we're coming in totally ill-prepared for this, other than we have seen it, and this is probably going to be a shorter episode. Well, well, I mean, I, I was going to go back and watch it again and do notes. It's just like, there's no point, because this movie... No, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. There is no point. So, this is another one that I went in totally cold, again, didn't read the box, uh, and also did not look in the Internet Movie Database, went in cold, watched the movie. And when I got to the end of the movie... Well, actually, as I was watching it, I'm like, this is like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes. And then, sure enough, it literally ends like one. And then when I went, I'm like, oh, and I read the stuff on the internet. I'm like, oh, that's because it was effectively a live-action Looney Tunes it's cartoon. A, it's a, I think specifically it's a live-action Wile E. Coyote. Roadrunner. Roadrunner cartoon. Yes. Those cartoons were eight minutes long. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the reason, again, why I didn't feel like I needed any notes for this, because they just did the same gag. The same, literally the same thing twice. Yes. So, okay, so let's let's back up a little bit here, because, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to be a different episode than usual, because, yeah. and, cause, I mean, I just, I, I've been rendered speechless by this movie, it's so, <laughs> who thought this was a good idea? Well, I, I, I'm not sure why it needed to be made. What I also am trying to, I tried to understand, and maybe I should have looked, but, you know, why did Kirk Douglas do this? <laughs> yes. Why, and why did they cast him? Yeah. I, I mean, and it's not that I, like, dislike Kirk Douglas or anything, but just everything about, why is, why is Arnold in this? Yeah. Why is anybody who's in this in this? Yeah, and then they've, they've just got, like, the cast of the match game <laughs> filling out the rest of the Oh, movie. that's actually, a, that's a good analogy. Match game 1976. Yes, I mean, it basically is... You just need Charles Nelson Riley in this. I mean, between, like, Paul Lind and, uh, and Foster Brooks and them, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're too young to remember yeah. that stuff, but, I mean, I am vaguely familiar enough with Foster Brooks to know that he just played a drunk his whole career and... Uh, he, he's in the movie for one scene where he plays a drunk because yep. that's what he did. And then, you know, P- Paul Lind as chief, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, I mean, I know it was a different time that it was, 
really offensive. Again, it was a different time, and I understand that. I mean, it, it could have been much worse. I mean, I guess I, I think we're. It's fortunate that it's not as bad as it could have been. Well, I think it, first of all, that whole thing, Paul Lind as as a an Indian chief, you know, yes. you know it, it, I wouldn't even call it Native American because that's a, that's like. You know, like he is a movie Indian. Yes. You know, he's not playing a Native American. He's no. playing. But the, here's the thing: they very much, I think, copied Blazing Saddles and Mel Brooks had. It's basically the same idea. Mel Brooks co- shows up in Blazing Saddles and he's speaking Yiddish. And I think the joke, you know, that's a movie that's spoofing Hollywood westerns, especially specifically like '50s and '60s Hollywood westerns. I didn't. I didn't look up the timing. Did was Blazing Saddles before this? I'm pretty sure. What year is this again? I didn't actually say at the open, so this is like seventy nine, right? Uh, it. Yeah, I thought it was seventy seven. No, I don't know. Maybe we should have. We didn't prepare because we didn't want to. Because I mean, I, I didn't want to. I don't want to speak for you, but I thought it was seventy nine. Anyway, let, let, I'm going to do a quick Google search. Yeah, and so I, what? It it certainly doesn't hit any of the notes the way that Blazing Saddles does. But but the thing is, to finish my thought, the the you know the reason why that's funny in Blazing Saddles is because. He was satirizing those movies and saying, you know, that, that those movies would just cast whoever as, you know, quote unquote, the Indian. And, right. you know, Mel Brooks was just taking it to the most logical extreme. He's speaking Yiddish. Like, it's mo- so preposterous, but that's not too far off from what they would do. They would just cast, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whoever was, had the darkest complexion in the cast, they would just, you know, hey, you're, you're the Indian. So that's why it's funny is because it's actually poking fun at something, you know, it's poking fun at the ins- insensitivity of those movies, whereas this is just. Let's have Paul Lind be a, you know, there's nothing, there's no more, there's no, like, point of view to it. It's just, I don't even know what. No, and you, you're right now, you looked it up, 1979. 1979, yeah, yeah. This is definitely after Blazing Saddles. This uh, year where, at least I was born. I'm not sure if uh, you're a 78 or a 79. I'm 79, so okay. yes. I don't think I would claim this movie as my birth movie. Uh, if I'm going, like, what I, movies came out that year. I, I, I would not. And so now that we got to pull up there, I forgot. Yes. Nervous Elk is actually Nervous the name, Elk, right. uh, name of the Native American. Released by Columbia Pictures, July 27th, 1979, just to close the loop. Uh, well, at least, you know, one Columbo, Columbia Pictures movie is one of my favorites with Last Action Hero. So maybe maybe that's the, the silver lining here is that maybe this was, you know, Arnold's connection to Columbia Pictures and doing more more deals with them. I mean, if you want to draw connections to the villain, I think everyone involved with this movie had forgot about it as soon as it was finished. <laughs> and the world has forgotten about it, and we should forget about it. But unfortunately, we've committed to doing all these movies, every movie. Yeah, and so this is also another one where I'm sure that Amazon was just laughing at... Uh, <laughs> the bot was laughing at me when I spent six bucks or whatever on this movie. And then, like, two or three days later, I bought my copy. So, so someone s- over there... Sales are just through the roof. This particular neighborhood in Illinois... People are just going crazy for the villain. This, probably, this one kid seems to love the Speedo, man. I like because we both have our copies of the DVD here, which is funny. But I like that it comes from the Most Wanted Westerns collection. Yeah, I, I, I certainly questioned that. I, yeah, I don't know who's, who's, who's claiming to want. I know it's just the joke of the it's a wanted poster, Most Wanted. Like, yeah. No one wants this movie. No one wanted this movie at the time. No one wants it now. No. But so, we got distracted by Paul Lynn, so we should explain what this movie is. Yeah, so the movie, as you said, it is effectively a Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon. But it starts in a relatively, not realistic, because it's, cartoon, it's cartoonish from the beginning, but it's not. It's not over the top. And that's actually, I, I somewhat enjoyed some of the early stuff. In particular, you know, the, the, the bank robbery attempt and the jump through the... 
trying to jump through the window on his escape, but then the windows are barred up. I actually did kind of ap- yeah. appreciate that joke. It's some of it's okay. Uh, here's the thing about this movie, and I think part of it is just the fact that it was made in like a pre-airplane world. Yeah. Uh, what year is that? That was relatively close. It's around the same time, so maybe eighty. Yeah, I think it's nineteen eighty. Um, but the comedy is so slow paced. All yeah. of it, you know, like the bank robbery. There's some funny stuff in there, but it's like six minutes or something. It is. It's way too long. I mean, part of it is this movie is eighty nine minutes long, and they're just stretching, stretching, stretching. And this movie could easily be about eighteen minutes long. Oh yeah, I mean, it 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 feels like a sketch. It feels like a Saturday morning or Saturday morning, a Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah, where it's just like. What if the Roadrunner was real or Wiley Coyote was real? Wiley Coyote is real, starring Kirk Douglas and Go. <laughs> right, exactly. It's the wheel of pitches. Yes. Uh, I forgot my point, but uh, oh, but yeah, the slow pace. Like, there's, there's the part at the beginning uh, where because his horse is named Whiskey. Yes, and he goes into uh, a bar. Uh, so hit, Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack, right, and or the villain. Played by Kirk Douglas, and his horse's name is Whiskey. Let's just do a p- quick plot summary. Yeah, so so he gets arrested. He tries to rob a bank. He's arrested, and meanwhile, Anne Margaret is traveling across the old west with a sack of money. She's her- yeah, she's going to pick it up in the town and then travel back to her her father, know, her home. father in a remote ranch. And her father hires Arnold as the handsome stranger, and that's his given name apparently. Yeah, so the names are great. You got Cactus Jack, Charming Jones, Handsome yes. Stranger, and her father's name is Parody Jones. Yeah. I mean, that would be funny if this was a parody. Right. It's not a parody it, of anything. It's not. I mean, I no. guess they, maybe I think they're parodying Wile E. Coyote, but they're not doing it. Par- there's no parody. It's just, they're just doing it. It's just a live-action version. They're just doing the jokes that you would see. And it. I mean, nobody will have seen this movie. Nobody listening to this will have seen this movie. No. But like, it's impossible. It would be hard to pull off today with all CGI and all that to make it like somehow work. Like that's what I'm saying. Like who thought this was a good idea? Who greenlit this? Who, who thought this would work? A well, live action. That. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm distracting. We didn't do the, <laughs> they, they travel across the West and, and uh, cactus Jack tries to stop them in it, comedic ways by rolling boulders on them and stuff like the things yes. that Wiley Coyote, the would things do. that Wiley Coyote do to try and stop the road. Runner. So sorry that, that we got our plots on out of the way. And that literally, that's the entire that's movie. The whole movie. <laughs> that is. The, and that's the reason why I'm like, I don't need notes for this. This is going to be a free form conversation because it's the same gag or joke. I mean, I'm Every gl- time. I'm glad we decided to do this because I was so dreading watching this movie again. <laughs> oh, I got to go I through it. I feel bad because I keep, it seems like all of the ones that we just rip on are the ones that I've, I've picked. I feel bad about it. <laughs> I, th- I think your, your curiosity is getting the better of you. It's like, I need to know. I need to know what I, this movie is. I did. And I really, I felt like I needed to know what this movie was. And now we know. <laughs> we but, wish we, I, I wish we hadn't found out. I wish, I wish we hadn't either. But in some ways, like some of the other ones that we've done, uh, I mean, Stay Hungry, I, I, I legitimately like that I've discovered Stay Hungry. Again, I don't think it's a movie I'm going to watch a bunch of times, but I'm, I like that we committed to doing every Arnold movie, doing them out of order to force ourselves to do different movies that we've never seen. I like the fact that I've seen Stay Hungry. This, I cannot say that. No, I agree. I mean, it, it's, it makes sense that it's the one, because I had never heard of Stay Hungry uh, before we started doing this podcast. But looking at it, it's just like, okay, I, I guess it didn't seem strange that I had never heard of it. Yeah. Whereas this, I was like, what? Arnold did a movie. What? Kirk Douglas. I, I mean, 
when I saw this in his filmography, I was just like, that's not real. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, like Wikip- it's like Wikipedia. Somebody made up the entry. No, I mean, really, it's what it seemed like. Because Stay Hungry is like, that's plausible. You sure I could see that. His first movie is something like that. Where he plays a bodybuilder, an Austrian bodybuilder. Sure. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. He's playing a cowboy and uh, with Kirk Douglas. Like, I, I literally, it just not did not seem like a real movie, and, and, and it still doesn't seem like a real movie. <laughs> well, it's not a real movie. It exists, no. but it's not a real movie. It's no. a live action cartoon. But here's the thing: is that it's Cowboy Arnold. I so badly wanted this to be something that was like an undiscovered gem that I was going to be so excited that this podcast forced me to watch. Because Cowboy Arnold is you and I both enjoy Cowboy Arnold. This yeah. is literally Cowboy Arnold. And it's terrible. Yeah, it is. And it's not, by the way, it's not fair, because it's not him. He is not even close to being the problem with this movie. I mean, I think he just wasn't ready to give a comedic performance like this. He's, well, you're right, it's not his fault. It's mostly the movie's fault. Right, it's a terrible script. It's a terrible script, but he's also not great in it, but... It's mostly not his fault. Yeah. I don't want to like take all the blame off him because I think you know he's. It was he's early not, in his career and he right. wasn't an actor at this point. No. Um, and so, really, yeah, the the entire movie we we've outlined, which are different Wiley e. Coyote plots and or or uh, physical gags, and really the only other aspect to it is Anne Margaret throwing herself at the handsome stranger who has zero interest. And yeah. I wasn't even sure what that was supposed to be paralleling from the Looney Tunes world. Nothing. That's the thing is this th- there's three movies going on all at the same time. There's the there I mean Kirk Douglas is in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yep. She's in like a sex comedy where she's throwing herself at Arnold and being frustrated. And Arnold is like a nice guy who is helping like he's constantly he- like being the good Samaritan. Yep. But he's so dumb, he doesn't realize he's actually hard. You know, this is the woman he's making it worse. Yeah, there's the woman who he's like, oh, let me help you cross the street. Like it's a busy street, and he's and they get over there, and then she has like, for one thing, blah 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 blah. For two, it's again the thing of every punchline takes forever, and then she goes, and thirdly, I didn't even want to cross the street. You know, it's just like, but up, joke over. <laughs> That's the joke. But I mean, That's the joke. <laughs> That's the joke. That's right. I mean. uh... uh yeah, I would prefer. I would have preferred McBain. Let's get silly to this. McBain, let's get silly. Actually, it would be uh, a fantastic comedy compared to compared this. Compared to this, yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is. This, this is Arnold. Let's get silly a little bit. It basically is. Yes. Uh, but that's you know each one. Any one of those three could have been a funny movie. They just needed to pick one. And yeah, I think they executed terribly on all three concepts. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, every time they cut to a different scene. Like, when they're cutting to Kirk Douglas, it's Wile E. Coyote. And then they cut to them. Like, you know, for example, they stop for the night or whatever. and, and Camp out. Th- yeah, and they camp out. And there's a scene between it's just Arnold and Anne Margaret. And she, yeah, she's throwing herself at him. And there's no Wile E. Coyote element to any of that stuff. It's just a different movie. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, her story and, and Arnold's story clash. Like, they're funny. For, like, here, let me give you an example. When she gets off the train... You know, she shows up with the bags of money or whatever. Or no, she's going to pick up the money. But she has yeah. bags. She's yeah. getting off the train. Her clothes. She's got, like, yeah, luggage. And she, as she gets off the train, she kind of leans forward and thrusts her breasts out at Arnold. And she goes, could you grab hold of these? And the joke is supposed to, you know, for that joke to work, you need someone, you need the recipient of that line to go like, you know, yeah. to, to be like. To sell it. Yeah, we'll grab those. But no, he's, he's in a different movie. So his character is, he's so innocent 
So she gives that line, and he completely sidesteps around the joke and says, "Yes, I'll take your luggage. Yes, okay." You know, it's right. like it's as if the joke didn't. It, it doesn't land at all. Yeah, because he's his character. The comedy there is totally on it, a different plane. It's man matter antimatter. It's yeah. not th- those two characters don't go together. I mean, I, I, the idea is he's so like such a nice guy and so like innocent or whatever that but he, he doesn't, doesn't see it. Just but, oblivious. Yeah, but uh, and and maybe it is his performance. I don't think so. It's just none of those jokes really land well. No, I you know, but. If the movie had just been that, with more, more, they would have had to flesh it out somehow, but, uh, and not had any of the Kirk Douglas, Wiley Coyote stuff, there's, there's some kind of a good movie in there, or at least a watchable movie. But that's what, 10, 15% of the movie? And the 85% of it is Kirk Douglas rolling a paper mache boulder down a hill. Uh, or ha- having his horse Whiskey go to the bathroom in porta potties. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. There, there's a lot of running jokes with you know. You know, I'm not going to bang on whiskey. Whiskey is actually probably one of the better aspects of this movie. It's a well trained horse. I'll say yeah. that. That's the one thing you could say. Like, the horse trainer did did their job, whoever they were. Uh, and in some ways, I, I was getting a little bit, and maybe I was stretching to find things to talk about on this podcast. But I got I got a little bit of flashback to Django a little bit with Dr. King Schultz and his horse Fritz when Fritz will like you know put it. <laughs> Stamp his foot whenever he's introduced. I, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe whiskey was in, influencing Tarantino. Maybe Tarantino has seen the villain and is basking uh, sh- um, um, Fritz on whiskey a little bit. In the reality of this movie, though, it's not a trained horse. It's no. like it's a cartoon horse. Yeah. It like actually responds and does things like I don't even remember what it does, but it obviously like understands and right. You know. Uh, oh, but the joke I was going to talk about earlier about like he he's getting the whiskey. He orders a whiskey in the bar, and he goes whiskey, uh, and the horse walks in. Yeah, and just thought, man, how it's it's a dumb joke to begin with. It takes like forty five seconds for the horse to leave. You know, it's like whiskey, and then <laughs> and then the horse walks in. Not you, whiskey. That's what I mean, like well, this pre-airplane world where these jokes are just taking forever. I was like, that's not even funny, and it took forever. <laughs> and it's almost as if they had a set, we need to get screen time of X for it to play in the theaters. Maybe. And so we're just going to have... They're holding it. for the laughs, the big laughs, laughs in theaters, yeah. Oh, man. Also, because uh, there's that character, the, the stuttering guy who works at the Telegraph office, yeah. and I was watching going, like, this is just the equivalent of... When you're doing a term paper and you put the margins at like three inches, it's just like <laughs> this movie is like seventy four minutes. We need a character. Stretch it out. Draw it out. Come on. Just, just put a guy who stutters every time line it takes him two minutes to speak. That'll do it. Like, you know. It's funny. So that that does remind me of something. Uh it's one of the commentaries on um either Simpsons season one or two. And uh in, in those, if you've ever listened to the commentaries on those, the writers, I mean, they just bang on this you know how like this is terrible this is you know and yeah i mean they really will rip on those early seasons and i think one of them i watched once they actually just got up and left and walked out of the commentary i I remember that yeah but um they they were i I don't remember the episode but they're uh, i think it was al gene he was saying how oh yeah this is this is and this is clear that we were trying to um get to a certain time on the length of the episode because it's like, oh, whenever you're not sure, just have Bart and Lisa say the same things back to one another 
for you know a couple of different lines to just stretch things out, and that's right. exactly what it seems like in this movie. Yeah, I think actually, I think they may have been. I, I remember that commentary. That shows how big Simpsons fans we are. We're yeah. talking about a specific commentary. commentary. Yes, I think it's Pony Ride Boat Ride. They were talking about. I, yeah, Pony I, Ride Boat I, Ride. I, I want to go on a Pony Ride Boat Ride. Pony. You're right. That's exactly what that it was. was. What it is. And he points out, oh yeah, we were really we were just stretching for time. So just have Bart and Lisa say the same thing over and over again. Yeah, because I mean the, the stuttering guy, he's only in that town, and once they leave the town. But man, it's just, I'm just going like. And also, the thing is, I mean, at the end of this movie, the movie plays the the Looney Tunes. Thing. Yes, and so it actually plays the music. It's yes. like okay, now it's it's obvious. Yeah, but as soon as that music started playing, I remembered like, oh, there's a stuttering character in this movie. I'll bet he shows up at the end and says, "That's all, folks," and he didn't. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> And you were angry about that? Because it's so obvious. At least to me, I'm just watching and go, how did they not? There's a whole team of people. No one thought of that. So you're saying they set it up right in front of the net and just nobody bothered yeah, to jump it up and spike. Bonked off their head. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I, was, I could not believe it. Like, Here it comes. I can tell. I was getting re- you're angry about I was it. getting ready to make fun of this movie for doing such an obvious joke, and then they didn't even do the obvious joke. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um... And I'm going to have no questions for the audience at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter because nobody will have seen this movie. <laughs> Please don't write us about this. Uh, my question to you is, would you rather have had them include that joke and be able to complain about them doing it? Or are you do you feel better off that they didn't do it and you can complain that they missed the obvious? No, I mean, I'm, I think they should have done it. I mean, if you're going to commit to doing the Looney Tunes <laughs> thing, commit to doing the Looney Tunes thing. Every Looney Tunes ended that way, right? Yeah. Or at least, well, I think so. Maybe like there was really old ones that didn't, but it's like I, I just as soon as they played that music and I remember the stuttering guy, I went like, oh, they obviously set him up to so that they could do it at the end. You know, how do they not do that? And you know what's a, a, another one that I again I didn't take notes, but I kind of took a mental note. What's interesting about it is that I mean, one of the one, movie that I really enjoyed in a kid was as a kid was able to pull off. Exactly what I think this movie was kind of going for, because a lot of the the humor now it's not all humor in Hugh Frame Roger Rabbit, but a lot of the stuff with Bob Hoskins, I mean, he literally has a bunch of cartoon characters, but like a lot of his stuff when he's interacting with them, um, with the weasels, is really physical. I mean, it's a Looney Tunes cartoon, but it really, really works really, really well. Right. Well, they were actually trying in that movie. Right, and. And so as I'm watching this, I'm like, ah, wow, it is amazing what they're trying to do and just failing so miserably at because I've got a frame of reference of where it could be really funny and was done really well. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it probably would have made more sense. I, I don't know. This probably isn't something that was easily done in 1979, it, right. but it would have made more sense if Kirk Douglas was a cartoon character. Yeah. If it was just like suddenly a cartoon character invaded the the old West, like like the cat in uh, in Last Action Hero, you know, it's just like exactly. there's this one character who is a is a cartoon and who's behaving in a cartoon way. Maybe maybe it could have been Judge Doom. Maybe this could have been Judge Doom's first uh, first movie. It's, it's uh, like office or like Marshall Doom or something. Yes. It's hard to, you know, we've talked about the beginning, we've talked about the end a little bit. I don't even know how we're going to discuss the body of this movie, which is one by one, Kirk Douglas does a thing to try to, you know, he, he stretches a rope across the road and, and then yep. hooks and drags him. And he try, he rolls paper mache boulders. He hangs from a rope and whiskey his horse like 
betrays him and does, doesn't keep the rope taut. It's just like there's nothing to talk about. It. He hangs on to the um the the horse and carriage. He's on the carriage and then he's riding underneath, bouncing along. Then he drops off and his pants get hooked around something and his suspenders pull him back into his pants. Oh right. I mean it literally. That's when I was watching this. I I said to myself, I'm not going back and doing notes because the entire midsection of this movie it doesn't matter you just talk about a couple of wily coyotes and you've basically covered what they've done i might we might miss one or two but just go watch a roadrunner cartoon and you have seen the middle of this movie yes but the roadrunner cartoons because it's a cartoon it's it actually works but just watching him roll a paper mache boulder down a, a hill and just going you i can see the frame inside of it you know what I mean? Like I can right. see, how, like they just put and, and isn't one of them? You know, he rolls the thing down the hill, hill and he's like, like the horse has it's propped up in like a stick, and the horse is going to pull the stick. Yeah, right. And then he's hiding behind a tree, and then the boulder like knocks into him and the tree. And I don't think it was like planned. It just seemed like a it got blown that way. A thing that happened, and the bolt, the boulder, quote unquote, just bounces right off of him. Doesn't hurt him at all. And then it misses the carriage that uh, handsome stranger and uh, and what's her name uh, charming charming yes uh, it misses them he runs down like oh, frustrated and then it comes back at, like because there's a hill on the other side and it crushes him it's like didn't we just see this thing bounce, bounce off? off him yes it's you know it doesn't even stick to its own cartoon logic no it's this movie is so inexplicable I mean I, I've rarely been this speechless about any movie I've seen like, no seriously. It I, it shouldn't exist. I don't understand how it exists. No, I just I don't know why they thought there was a demand for this. Right? Some somebody had to think that there was a demand for this, and I'm just not sure who the target is for this. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's it's directed by Hal Needham, and I'm not really that familiar because he did the Cannonball Run and he did Smoking the Bandit movies. I'm not into those movies really at all. I, you're more into seventies movies, but I don't know if you're into that style of seventies. Generally not. The, I mean, the Cannonball Run, I, I do kind of enjoy. That's I, the one I have seen, and I thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I, I enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just know why he makes like car movies and stunt movies. Right. Is, was this his idea? Was this his, his like attempt to like branch out? Like, I'm not even sure. I'm so fa- like simultaneously fascinated and repulsed. By this idea of, I want to know how this movie got made in a major studio. I mean, it's the 70s. I know a lot of, like, weird, terrible things got made back then. But, you know, it's just, and again, I don't it, get it. This is not this is not a group of actors. I mean, like, Kirk Douglas, this isn't somebody that this is their first movie. This is Kirk Douglas. It's Spartacus. Right. Oh, I know. That's the other thing. I, I, like you said, I don't know why he would do this movie. I don't know why they would cast him as basically Wile E. Coyote. Yeah, he's Spartacus. He's, he, I mean, I, I really do like uh, Kirk Douglas. He's in Paths of Glory, which is a great right. movie. Or Kubrick's earlier movies. And- that's that's what I'm, I mean, literally the guy who is such a star that Stanley Kubrick fled the country and said, I'll never work with you know a movie star, a quote-unquote movie star again. Do you, I mean, do you think Kubrick like kept this in his personal collection of like vindicate that Kirk Douglas shouldn't have been you know the star and? He shouldn't have won the you know the power struggle between himself and and. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Kirk yeah. Douglas and Kubrick didn't get along. Oh, not at all. I mean, so Spartacus that was like the why Kubrick stayed in the UK in London in the UK and did not want to work with movie stars ever again. Oh. Did, did not want to work with a major movie star ever again. Now he obviously yeah. did with you know Tom Cruise and Eyes Wide Shut, but no, 
Spartacus was like a watershed movie for him. We've just named two movies where they worked together, so it must have been... Well, Paths of Glory was before Spartacus. Yeah. Spartacus, it did, it did not go well. Yeah, like a falling out or yes. something? Yes. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... Do you have a clip from this piece, piece of garbage? No, I'm trying to find... Because I want to talk about the music, the songs... Do you, do you think the songs are a positive or a negative on the movie? Oh, a, a massive negative. <laughs> Again, it's more padding. But I, I don't. I don't remember where any of the songs are. So, Charming. here we go. Perfect. This I, is Neil Charming Jones. Here's Brother Martin. Remember what I told as her father. That yep. Avery Simpson would steal the candy from a youngin if he got the chance. I think maybe we missed. We're hearing in the background of the scene. But, yeah. Yes, Father. She's still on that so the, it's original yes. songs with original There's lyrics about the characters. Yes, it was just like charming as a song, charming, and then Cactus Jack gets a song. Yes. And there's also one for the handsome stranger. Yeah, I'm gonna skip ahead. I just want to hear the songs because I just—they're so weird. Now, well, should we watch the scene where he talks to the stuttering? You might as well now we pull it up. Let's just—you know—we're just do a me, commentary track because it'd be easier than. Yes, I'm handsome stranger. <laughs> so, it's kind of... but it's my name. I heard you have a telegram for me. <laughs> Boy, you talk funny. What about my telegram? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I did. I forgot to write it down. With all that commotion and everything uh, going on over at, at the bank. A... But I do, I do recollect what it said. It said this... it was from a guy named... Nothing's happened in the scene yet. Nope. Parody Jones. And he said his, 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 his daughter was... Coming into town to pick it's the three-inch margins. This is that's what this is. At the bank, <laughs> and that you are supposed to escort her back out to his place. Oh man! I guess okay. I'm gonna stop because I <laughs> I don't it's think just, Arnold speaks much. It is so terrible. Yeah, I mean, and this is the part where they're setting up the the plot, what the little there is in this movie. But right. it's like, you know. <sighs> Anyway, I, I, you heard a little bit of the Charming song. Yeah, so they each have one, and, and the lyrics effectively do outline their story and character. Yeah, I guess the opening credits have... Oh, no, it has this stuff. There's, there's definitely a... Sorry for just, like, skipping. Here we go. Is this Cactus Jack? I think this is Cactus Jack's song. Whiskey, let's find no. us a nice little bank. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. They're they're strange. They're He's a well there you go. Ready to try. I mean, they're just not even. No one is safe from the villain. He totes a dangerous gun. He had robbing and stealing and just plain dirty dealing. Cactus Jack gets it done. But why isn't this song singing about he uses boulders to kill people? <laughs> he, they're talking about him using his gun. Does he ever use his gun? Yes, he does because he he fires off the six. He fires oh, off three. He fires three, in the air. In the air, and then when they're riding at him, he doesn't have any bullets <laughs> left. Right. Anyway, that's the that's the Cactus Jack song, and that's not to be confused with the handsome stranger who is a seven-shot seven six-shooter. Yes. Uh, yeah, but 
Boy, that's a perfect example. I forgot about that. The seven-shot six-shooter. But it's like they establish, they're just talking about, I don't even know how it comes up. It's just like, oh, yeah, the seven-shot six-shooter. It's got seven bullets. And then it's like immediately the joke happens. Yeah, well, she wants this. Oh, can I see your gun? Oh, right. Yeah, she's she's like trying. And again, it might be innuendo. And, oh, it's a seven-shot six-shooter. It's special made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just oblivious to the innu- innuendo. He's like, yeah. sure, here's my gun, you know. Right. Um, but then, yeah, they come across, uh, you know, they come across Cactus Jack posing as, like, a preacher or something, right? Isn't that the scene? Uh, he's, yes, and he's posing as a preacher and speaking, actually, he's preaching in Hebrew. Oh, is he? Yes. Huh. And that I was, would... again, supposed to be another joke that I don't think was very funny. I didn't even notice that. Yes, he's a Catholic preacher and he's preaching in Hebrew. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. I mean, I suppose that's funny in theory, but uh, I don't know, maybe Kirk Douglas brought that. I wonder if that was in the script. You're right. It, this thing is 89 minutes. Man, we, we really, I'm sorry, we wasted an hour and a half of our life and at least probably another hour here talking about this piece of garbage. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't as much wasted, but it's, you know, it's tough to talk about. But, you know, okay, so then he's just, what is what happens in that scene where he's the preacher or he's just like, I, I so he, he shoots off six, six shots and he goes, now this gun's empty. And I'll no, show so, you. Yeah, so what happens is he gets the handsome stranger to um, give him his gun and he thinks that there aren't any shots left in it. And then he fires one in the air and the, 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 his horse takes off with him and he's not able to, to steal the money. Okay. <laughs> just, I didn't say I, it was good. I'm know, just giving you what happened. I just I still don't under, I really understand it even with you explaining it to me. Um yeah, I, what how do we talk there's nothing to talk about. It's just no, a bad movie. A, I mean, I think we've pretty much covered it all. That that <laughs> Have we? Yeah, that really I mean, honestly is there other stuff cuz to me you just outline here's the beginning, here's the end, in the middle it's Wiley e. Coyote. I mean, that cuz there's probably I didn't I didn't time it to look, but it has to at least be 35 to 40 minutes of Wile E. Coyote, at least. Yeah, I, I, but I think once they get into to Indian County, because they end up with... Then we, we can work our way back around to Paul Lind, because that's a whole section that doesn't... It isn't as much Wile E. Coyote, right? Not as much. Yeah, because it's just like he teams up with that with, you know, Paul Lind's tribe. And, yeah. I... What even? I I barely remember. I know at the end is a chase, and they end up at a. There's a line drawn on the ground, and they won't leave. They won't go. They won't leave because it's. I guess the joke there is. Is I think it's. I think that's like a reference to Cannonball Run or something like that. Or it's just like we we got out of the county, so that you know we've left Indian County, so this tribe can't chase us. Can't chase us. Yeah, their jurisdiction ends. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Again, it's a whatever. I know it's supposed to be a joke. It's I think just that's not funny. That's the joke, right? Yeah, that's the joke. But it's not. Yeah, it, none of this is even remotely funny. No, and then I mean, I knew it was uh, as we were as I was watching it was a comedy, but we, we don't even get any pun. I I didn't think we were going to get any body count. We don't get any puns. I mean, no. we have nothing. No, yeah, this I'd, thing is an ofer. That's what probably the episode title should be ofer. That's what this thing is. Zero for everything. I mean, it's not our first. Uh, over because Hercules in New York was also well. That one was pretty close to this. I, so here's a good question: of the weird early stuff, this has got to be the worst, right? I mean, Hercules in New York has enough salvageable stuff. I mean, unquestionably, it's the worst of the movies we've watched so far. Of all the movies, I'm counting even the bonus episodes. Like, this is worse than Kindergarten Cop Two. This is it's awful. <laughs> 
I'm not even like Kindergarten Cop Two was pretty bad, man. That, but that was fun to make fun of in a joking way. Like that, that was like, you know, it, it, it's definitely a bad movie, but it's just like, oh, isn't that silly? Isn't this silly? Pineapple. Yeah, there's at least something there to like hook onto to be like, okay, this is a movie. You know, again, Wiley Coyote movie shorts. They were they were shorts. They were eight minutes right. long. This is an 89 minute movie. It's trying to do Wiley Coyote. They multiplied it by ten and decided let's do it. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't want to just do like a half hour episode because I don't even know what to do. <laughs> no, this this is what I envisioned it would be. Really, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, should we work our way around? Because eventually they do get to the their destination. Yeah, I mean, they, literally, it's it's you know, fifteen minutes in the town. You know what? An hour of of driving the the buckboard across yep. the west, and then ten minutes at the end. Yes. That, so so just, should we just talk about the end and yeah. just call it an episode? I mean, really, yes. I, yes. <laughs> in a word, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, to listeners. This is going to be a very short episode. I thought we maybe we'd make it to an hour, but we're not going to make it to an hour. There, dude, there. It's a movie that's based on something that should have been eight minutes. For us to talk more than about thirty minutes on something that should be eight minutes doesn't make any sense. We should just do. A, we should just watch the movie and do a commentary track. But then we're all, now we're wasting our no, time again. I am not watching this movie again. So, so yeah. So effectively, they they're able to make it back to Charity Jones's ranch or farm with the money, and then she turns on the handsome stranger and wants to hook up with Cactus Jack. Yeah, because. You know, Arnold is such a such a square. Just, right. was just like he's he's so innocent that her attempts to throw herself at him have failed. And, and she goes, like, but oh. Cactus Jack is very interested. Like, what are your intentions? Like, I'll take your money and I'll ravish you. And she's like, I'm coming with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's the end. That's the end. Of the, and he does flips. He does. Yes, as the Looney Tunes music plays. That's it. That's the the, the flips. That's the a flips scene. have to go on for like ten or fifteen seconds too. Oh, I thought you were going to say ten minutes. I mean, it's it's definitely <laughs> it longer than fifteen long. seconds. Let's just watch the flips. I want to know how long the flips take. We got to do something. But this is a movie. This is a movie that ends with Kirk Douglas doing flips. As I mean, the Looney Tunes song plays. But when we say flips, we're not describing it properly. He's doing like trampoline, like he's on rooftops and like jumping twenty feet in the air onto a rooftop and then doing flips on the rooftop and going woohoo here. Let's just but I'm going to play the clip. Can I not? say that that's another episode title idea? We got to do yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, I, we can't come up with we can't we can't pitch episode titles on the episode because every time we do that, it never ends up being the episode. Title. It's true. Uh, but there, there's four four minutes left in the movie. I, I don't know how much the credits Handsome. are. You lose. What's his name here? Just outfit you. I don't remember Anne Margaret from anything, but no, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure why she was viewed as so attractive. I mean, because she's got giant breasts. That's I why. Guess. Here we go. He's just <laughs> See, he's jumping around. He's up on the roof. He's flipping. He's jumping. Okay, now there's a flip. Flip from one barn to the, to the house. It's just, it, obviously, just there's <laughs> uh, obviously just trampolines on the roof. I, I mean, he's just flipping. Okay, still flipping. Cut to Arnold, like, watching him flip. He's, he's doing, like, a tennis match. Okay, cut to the horse. And then he mounts the house. <laughs> we gotta just talk over this now. So that was a minute. That was a minute, a solid minute of him doing the flip. 
and we get clips of the movie. These aren't, these aren't even outtakes. Like, you know, Cannibal Run and those movies, Hal Needham movies would have outtakes. These aren't outtakes. They're just, hey, remember this? What's funny is that you could pretty much just watch. That was the other There's note There's the one funny joke there. Yes, you could, you could pretty much just watch the credits and you've seen the movie. That's right. what's funny. You're right. Because Cactus Jack, the song, gives you the entire background and then these clips effectively are the movie. You're getting the best clips because there's a clip where they, they peek out from behind a cactus. We didn't talk about that. That, that I kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Cactus Jack pokes out of one side and the horse pokes out of the other. So I think yes, this, this, is, this is the suspenders joke. God, this is so terrible. Here, it's just a song lyric. Song, the villain. Music and lyrics by Buddy Cannon, Bob Younts, and Billy Williams. So we can blame those people for this music. And there it is. He snaps back into his boots. Yep, and here's been getting dragged by a rope, like for the fourth time, I think. Wow. Whiskey played by Ott. And here it is. That horse's name. He doesn't even really try to. Like, he, okay, now he's he running away. No, but he takes no evasive maneuvers. He just no runs straight. It is a little bit like pre Raiders of the Lost Ark, but then he gets crushed by it. I mean, imagine if the Raiders of the Lost Ark boulder looked like that. <laughs> And there he is, this is the preacher. This is, yeah, this is the smartest thing we've done, is just, we're watching the clips, the ending, and this... Because I'm sure we've forgotten some scenes, so maybe they'll show up here. Okay, he just fell off the thing, I didn't even... You don't remember being destroyed? Not really. No, what's funny is that this literally, all you have to do is watch the credits, and you've got the entire movie. Watch out for the villain. Get off the think of, Just think, think about that, too. That, Watching a movie where you could say, all I need to do is watch the credits, and I can get the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, really. I, I It's unprecedented, this movie. Oh, it's the beginning of the movie where he tries to jump on a train, right, and misses? Yeah, and misses. Oh, no. Oh, that's the, when he glues himself the, to yes, the train. He glues himself to the tracks. And then he ends up on the front, like the end of Toy Story 3 with that bear. <laughs> So now we know Pixar is stealing. Oh, right. From this. He's hanging from the. And he. He defies gravity for a second. That's the thing. And then the, look at this. It's a stuntman doing like a flip because he has to land on his back to be safe. Yeah. That's not funny. Like, you know. Wiley Coyote didn't fall, fall on his back. Okay, we're getting shots of Paul Lynn now. This really. What, these credits seem really long, but it legitimately it has covered the entire movie. It has. I mean, did. That like sort of battle scene, but not really. They just kind of charge, and they go, and go back to getting, the flips. Getting the flips again. They must have really thought that the flips were good. That's what they want to end their credits on. I mean, I I hope they knew how bad of a movie. Look at this. The Navajo Nation granted permission. Yeah, from, for, to, to film in Monument Valley, which I, I will say, from Rastar. I don't know what company that is. Uh, yeah, they did. I mean, there are shots in Monument Valley. Those opening shots in the credits where it's just a guy riding a horse through. Through Monument Valley, and you know, Monument Valley is—it's the place where John Ford used to film. It's okay. like basically all like Searchers is filmed there and all that. But yeah, that's part of that's a that's a Navajo uh, reservation. reservation. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, boy, to, to, to you know, for them to have to you know put up with this, you know, like it's one thing to make like a real western. Yeah, you know, I mean, a ton of westerns have shot there. Back to the Future Three shot there. Uh, that's West not a Pond. real western, by the way, but it's a western. What do you mean it's not a real Western? Okay, it's a Western, but I, I'm not sure it's a good Western. Let's put it that way. Oh, I, I don't mind Back to the Future 3. It's the worst of those three, but uh, whatever. I like Westerns. So. You have a soft spot for it, I can tell. That's the thing. I like Westerns. It's I, you know why I like Cowboy Arnold. I was like, okay, this should be fun. 
you know, a comedy western starring, or not really starring, it stars Kirk Douglas, but with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was, I was ready to really enjoy this. It's it's so, I mean, it, just, it should not exist. What is this movie? It would be nice if we could just delete it from the record, but here's the thing. We got to do our due, due diligence, that's for sure. We've we committed to doing them all, and this shows our level of commitment. It is. Maybe well, some listeners won't appreciate it, but this is this is a, an indication of our commitment to finishing this project. I feel like I should be committed after watching this. I mean, uh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I feel bad that, uh, I mean, this episode was going to be strange either way, but I can't imagine us going through this scene by scene and, like, dissecting it. Because it's, it, I mean, here's the thing. This, this podcast is designed to be a deep dive into these movies. And this is the shallowest movie ever made. If we do a deep dive, we will crack our heads on the bottom of the pool and die. Yes. So we can't do it. No. I mean, so are we just calling it? Is this the episode? That's the episode, man. You know, this is the worst. (laughs) I mean, whatever. It's not our fault. Do not say that this is a bad episode. That does not necessarily mean it's a bad episode. It was bad source material, and we made the best that we could with it. I mean, yeah, I wish there was more to talk about. I wish there was anything to talk about. No, but that's the thing is there isn't. So that's it. That's that's the villain. Okay, that's the villain. I'm reluctant to end the show. We we wasted $12, and our Amazon algorithms have now been thrown off by this. Don't watch the villain. That's, I mean... Is it, is it, let me ask you this. Here's a good question. Is it safe to say, I think it is, there's not going to be anything that's going to be worse that's left. So this no. has to be the low point in terms of movies no. that we have to go. No. I mean, I mean, the only thing I have not seen is, is The Sixth Day. Yeah, and it's not worse than this. I mean, I know a lot of people, I, 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 you get a mixed point of view. I think you know, some people like Sixth Day and some people say it's bad, but it can't. I mean, I know just from the bits I know about that movie that it's a, it actually has a story and yeah. is, you know, this isn't a movie. It's it's an eight minute, you know, Roadrunner cartoon can, stretched out to eighty nine minutes. Can you think of anything that is worse than this movie that you've ever seen? It. I mean, it's in the running. It's in the running. I saw a movie once. I wish I could remember the name of it. Uh, the worst movie I ever saw is a movie I can't remember the name of. But it was like it was some like indie movie where a kid who like was in like a mental institution and escaped, and then the rest of the movie is just him just wandering around. I mean, not even exactly. I mean, occasionally he'll like meet somebody and be like, "Oh, what do you? Oh, you run this store, huh? Oh, cool." And then he'll just leave and walk for a while, and and then in the end, he ends up in a plane, flies away. (laughs) I can't remember the name of the movie. It was like super like. You know, it's one of those indie movies just like, oh, yes, the scenes of nature. And, oh, it's the psychological exploration of a man walking. You know, it's, it it was terrible. And it was just one of those, like, really, really pretentious uh, indie movies. This may have that beat. Wow. Because at least I kind of, like, you watch a movie like that. And, again, I wish I could remember the name. But you watch a movie like that. And there are a lot of movies like that where it's just like, this is just pretentious and boring and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and I don't mind a movie having, like, Going for something, you know, but it's like a movie like that. I can see what they're trying to do, and they just failed miserably. They, they thought they were making, you know, a Terrence Malick movie. We've talked about our our dislike for Terrence Malick on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I agree with you on that but, one. But again, it's like you know, Terrence Malick does that kind of movie well. The movie I'm talking about was done the same thing, done badly. But whatever, I get what they're trying to do. I, I mean, I hate to keep. I'm sorry to keep saying this. I just don't understand who thought. Making a live-action Wile E. Coyote into a feature-length film, I mean, even if they did it well, it would be bad. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't. I mean, does that make sense? I, I can't disagree with you because, yes, the concept itself, if I saw it written out on paper, I would say I, I'm not interested in that. It, it's even it, executed well. I'm yeah, not interested in that. There's the the ceiling is bad. Right. You know what I mean? You do the best you can making that movie and it's bad. And it's <laughs> it's not going to be so, good. Yeah, so the floor and you know, I think there is some you know, you know I I don't think this is maybe the floor like there are a few we talked about, you know, uh you know, I I enjoyed Foster Brooks as his the drunk guy, he's, you know, he's doing his usual Foster Brooks thing. Uh you know, and I think Kirk Douglas is trying his best, you know. He, he, he didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I I'm not sure you can blame him for this. Again, I don't think you can blame anybody in the movie for what it is. He he was he thought he was it was working. You know what I mean? At least he maybe he just. I wonder if he did this hope. for money or what? I don't know. I mean, maybe his career was really kind of on, on the down. skids at that point because I don't know what 79. I can't think of any movies he's really in. You know, post like mid to late 60s. I yeah. can't say I'm that familiar with. His career. career. Actually, we got Wikipedia up, so I'm going to look. We got to we got to talk about something. Yeah, let's fill- just talk about you know we could talk we could just talk about the weather or whatever. I don't want to. I I feel guilty about ending the podcast. I don't. So I don't understand why you'd feel guilty because if there's nothing to talk about, there's nothing to talk about. Well, it's telling his career. 19, it, there's a heading for 1940s, heading for 1950s, heading for 1960s, and then 1970s and 2000s. <laughs> so that's that's telling right there. Agreed. Uh, You're right. He didn't really do much. I mean, we should probably just go right to the filmography. But I, mean, I, I, I just think he was on the downturn of his career, and it was I, a job. Yeah, I, it's it's more because you're saying you don't know why he would do the movie. I just don't understand if you're doing this Wiley e. Coyote live action. Why do you cast Kirk Douglas as in the Wiley e. Coyote why, role? Right. Why do you think he can pull off that type of comedy? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody. In like the seventies, like I don't know, like Steve Martin or Chevy Chase or somebody like that. I could somebody see Steve Martin. I could see, yeah, is a comedian or someone who could do a cartoony role. I, mean, I don't know, like maybe you'd, like nowadays you'd cast, or maybe not now, but you know, twenty years ago you would have cast Jim Carrey. Carrey. That's a, yeah. That, I mean, that's the first thing that came to my mind. But just somebody who's gonna do like he's kind of even though he's rolling boulders down hills and he's still kind of playing it just like a cowboy. Yeah. He's still just, you know, himself. So I don't know. I'm not finding. There's no like full filmography. That's so. a, it. It really doesn't matter. So, I mean, to me, that's that's the that's the show. You really don't need to watch the villain and uh, be glad that we did it for you. It's a public service, is what this is. <laughs> I guess that's what this is. Um, okay, I guess I'm ending the episode now, aren't I? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. This this movie is just put. Our whole podcast on tilt. It's okay. We're going to move on, and we're going to do the next one, and it's going to be great. All right. Let's just move on. So that is the show. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast. Don't write us about this movie. <laughs> Don't watch the movie. Let's just let's just move on to the next episode and pretend this episode didn't happen. So, so, and you can write us emails and questions at ppmg.com. So let me ask you this before I get to my uh, closing business. What is the next episode we'll be watching? So the next episode... It is so, your pick. It is my pick. And uh, the holidays are coming up. And so you and I just sort of decided that the way the schedule is working out, this is the movie where it makes sense to do the holiday movie. Yep. 
And so last year we did uh, kind of by accident we did Batman and Robin as our holiday movie, the Ice and Snow. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I wish there was a little more Christmassy stuff in that yeah. movie, but this year we're gonna do Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Turbo Man. Yes, got to get the Turbo Man doll. That'll be fun. I actually, I'm, I'm. It'll be. There are things to talk about in that movie. There are things to talk about, and there are legitimately funny moments in that movie. So it'll be a nice rebound after this one. I mean, it'll look like Hamlet compared to this. Like it, this, Jingle All the Way could not be in position to get a better response from us. The, I was just gonna say it got the right slotting right after this one. Yeah. Well, but maybe not because it's maybe it's the comedian like going on after the guy. It's, it's Jerry Seinfeld going after Banya. Or he bombed. <laughs> or, I gotta, he's killing me. So yeah, maybe maybe it'll be that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we're gonna be do, doing uh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Well. Uh, this may not be the episode to do it on, but if you enjoy the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice and write a favorable review. Um, I, mean, to- I didn't enjoy this show, so <laughs> I didn't enjoy doing it. So apparently at least one half of the Bad Puns and Machine Guns team is not expecting you to write anything positive about this because he didn't enjoy doing this show. Yes, please please cut us some slack for this episode because uh, we don't know. I mean, this, this movie, you know, the villain, it, it has more titles than laughs. It's true. Uh, so after writing that favorable review, um, I have the duty of coming up with a rule in a crisis situation. And for such a piece of garbage that I didn't want to spend a lot of time on, it was difficult. So my, uh, what I learned from this in a crisis situation is do not um, try and employ any of the tactics used by Wiley e. Coyote in cartoons in real life because they don't work. And they're also not funny. They are also not funny. <laughs> I would I would have just done if I was doing the rules I would have said don't watch the villain that's because the villain is a crisis watching the villain is yes it it is a crisis unto itself it's created a crisis for our podcast it's true <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll be back with jingle all the way <laughs> what do you want man <laughs> it's a want- bad movie we did our best I want to fill at least an hour that's what I want. You don't need to, because we're just filling then. It is what it is, man. And how much time was that? That was probably close. That was probably like 45 minutes. I should have uh, stuttered and stammered more to stretch out the, the episode. See, check uh, check it and see how long it was. What? That, it's... Yeah. Yeah, we're clocking in right around an hour. No, that, that was 10 minutes before. And that's, that's, This is recording the TV, not the... Not our audio, but still. It was like 45 minutes. Dude, there was nothing to talk about it. I mean, we could have talked about our paintball game. <laughs> we could do that. We could just tack that on at the end. And just... <laughs> well, I mean, just, honestly, I feel like we should just, let's just talk about anything. We filled a half hour on the Predator episodes about ni- movies from 1987. We should have done that. <laughs> I did not look up what happened in 1979. Maybe I should have. Let's do that. I want to. I want to spend you, at you least wanna... another fifteen minutes. Come on. All right, that's fair. So, we are uh, working to find some filler time here. Uh, is this going to come in the afterbirth, or are you going to try and splice this I don't in? Know, we'll see. All right. Well, <laughs> please don't call it afterbirth. Every time you do that, it's just like I'm just, pretty sure you know, that that's what it's called. Isn't that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. I don't think that's an official podcast term. I, I think it is. Uh, so yeah, why don't we take a look and see what we can find uh, in film in 1979? I know in the by the 90s, the Wikipedia entries are all very, very um, detailed and complex. But I think once you get to the 80s, I don't know if um, 
they're as detailed, so we'd probably just wind up going down the list. No, the, Google gave us a nice list here. So this, this is, I don't know if this is alphabetical order or what. Do you want to go by date? Uh, I, that's normally what I look it up, but it doesn't matter. Oh, The Warriors was a 1979 movie. Yeah, I, I'm not a, too crazy about the Okay, so. No, but I can tell you at least one of our listeners is a big Warriors fan. I think, and are, are they, is Shane Black or somebody doing the Warriors? I, I thought I had read somewhere that there's a reboot or something of the Warriors coming out. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't think, I think Shane Black's got his hands full with the new Predator. Predator, right? yep. All right, let's just run down movies that we recognize. So yeah, the Warriors of February 9th. There's China, hair. China oh, Syndrome. I, you know, I saw China Syndrome as a young, I was probably 13 or 14. Uh, honestly, all I think about with the China Syndrome, because I was a big Saturday Night Live fan as a kid, and they did a, a spoof of it called the Pepsi Syndrome. I have not seen that. I don't even really remember the details. Was it funny? Oh, it ended with a giant Jimmy Carter. It was Dan Aykroyd as Jimmy Carter. Because it was around the Three Mile Island incident, and I yeah. think the movie came out around then, like coincidentally, which is part of the reason why it was like it was very topical. So I don't remember the sketch, but I, I don't remember the movie that well. I know I've seen the China Syndrome. Yeah, I, I saw it. Oh, there we go. Apocalypse Now. That's we probably should have just talked about Apocalypse Now for an hour. Yeah, I, I would have preferred that. I, see, I could have talked about Alien for for at that's least right. One. The, I, the Muppet movie. There's actually some good movies in 1979. Oh, Rocky Two. Rocky Two. Yeah, that's you know I I am a big big fan of Rocky Two. I definitely could talk about Rocky Two for I mean. Three hours. Look at how perfect it is, though. So when you were trying to sync the mics, we pulled up. You had right. uh, all the bond, all the bond music to try and sync the mics. And sure enough, the one that we picked was Moonraker. Moonraker, absolutely. And there it is, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, uh, uh, you know, from this this list that uh, I I do like. You know, like I think stuff that is underrated. Like I think Rocky Two is underrated. I think a lot of people think of it as just a pale copy of the first movie. I really like Rocky Two. I think it's almost as good. You know, Moonraker. I think people kind of poo-poo it. They think it's kind of schlocky. And, yeah, it's in space and there's laser beams. And they were obviously just copying Star Wars or whatever, but I enjoy Moonraker. There's a lot of good stuff in it. Dracula. So this is this is my birth date, July 13th, 1979. Wow. Dracula came out. It was a Friday, so I was born on a Friday the 13th. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> it really does. I've never heard of this Dracula movie. I should watch this just because it came out the day I was born. Is that, Wait a minute. Go back. Who, who stars in that one? So this is 1979 Dracula. Let's let's pull that up. Frank Langella as Dracula. Frank Langella. You know oh, what? I've, that's I, awesome. I have heard that he played Dracula. I didn't realize. Oh man, when I'm... or why? And Lawrence, Lawrence Olivier? Olivier, Donald Pleasance. Speaking of Bond, you might know him from as Zeus in <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Music by John Williams. Wow, I'm gonna have to watch that. Maybe there's something to this. Uh, but uh, do you think uh, Donald Pleasance played uh, uh, what's his name? The the, the hunter. What's the character's name? Uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Probably. I kind of want to see now. I, considering I just watched Halloween and Halloween 2 for Halloween. He yeah. would have to play. Uh, no. Dr. Jack Seward. Oh. Was that the Keanu Reeves role in the Coppola one? I think so. Okay. And so the horror. Never seen that. I've heard of it. Neither have I. It was More American Graffiti. <laughs> Look at September 28th. The Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Oh, that's perfect. That well, is perfect. Then this the the villain came out in July, right, or June or something. Yeah. So maybe they're trying to beat him to the punch. It's like one of those like deep impact uh, Armageddon things where, <laughs> or you know, White White House down and Olympus has fallen. Yeah, Olympus has fallen. Like, it's just like oh, a studio got wind. Like oh, they're they're making a Roadrunner movie. We got to do our own Roadrunner movie. <laughs> we got to crank this out. We're gonna get Kirk Douglas. Get Kirk Douglas. He's just he's in the building. Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yes, another one. This is just full of movies that I have a soft spot for that a lot of people don't like. 
I have a real soft spot for Star Trek The Motion Picture. Wow. V'ger. I listen to the score. It's got a great score by Jerry Goldsmith. That's one of those, you know, listen, I listen to a lot of movie music, and that's in my rotation constantly. Wow. You know, that's, that's where the, the Next Generation theme came from, is from that score. I did not know that. That's, Jerry Goldsmith wrote it for Star Trek The Motion Picture. So anyway, and then and the Steve, jerk. Steve Martin was working on the jerk, so he would have been too busy on that one. Uh, wouldn't have had time for the villain. That's true. And 1941, which uh, yeah, is that John Candy's in that too? Okay, I mean uh, Belushi and all yeah. kinds of that's that's Spielberg directed it. It's like this this is a movie full of or this is a year full of like ill conceived comedies apparently because that's one of those that I don't have a soft spot for. No, neither do I. That's a short list that didn't really help us. <laughs> So much here that's just not helping. Yeah, and, and notable deaths. Which oh, this is the year Elvis died, right? Is he in here? I guess I don't know if this is this is just movies. So yeah, oh, he, he started movies. I'll bet he'd be on the list. I I thought he was before 1979. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought he'd born. This is the year he died. Anyway, look at that. Got a t- debut. Let's look at the debuts of 1979. Debuts. Ted Danson. I want the good plane. The, <laughs> the Ted, Ted Danson, Danson plane. Matt Dillon, Carrie Elways, Danny Glover. There's actually some good ones on here. Diana Lane. Yeah. Martin Short, Chris Payne. Mickey Rourke was in 1941. That's news to me. It's news to me, too. Wait, Martin Short, Lost and Found? I thought uh, Three Amigos was his first movie. That's That's what I always thought. Apparently not. Look at that. We got a Ricky Schroeder sighting as well. Mr. Silver Spoons. The Champ? Never heard of that. Skate <laughs> Patrick Swayze in Skate Town, USA. So let's look up Skate Town, USA. This is, this is just us filling oh, time. Oh man, look at this! It's, Skate Town, USA is a 1975, 1979 American comedy film produced to capitalize on the short-lived <laughs> fad of roller disco. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I think we should almost consider now doing Patrick Swayze as the next on our uh, our list, just so that we could do Skate Town USA. I don't think I could I could deal with Ghost. I really... Oh, uh, that's I, probably I, fair. I, that would, I would find that... Hey, Scott Baio is in, uh, is in Skate Town USA. Oh, yeah. And also Ruth Buzzy, who was in The Villain. Yeah, we this didn't really is, talk about her, but she's in this. This is clearly a movie that uh, does not need to exist as well. No, and that's kind of like I feel like this poster is trying to copy the the Saturday Night Fever poster instead of you know Travolta's arm up in the air. It's yep. it's her leg. Yeah, I don't know doing roller is. disco. Wow, roller disco. I mean, I guess I vaguely knew that was a, a thing, but I like that the Wikipedia article calls it a short-lived fad. Oh, and this is another one. Was it? Scroll back up because it looks like the female lead. It says here in the cast, uh, Billy. Barty and Playboy centerfold model Dorothy Stratton was I can't remember was Stay Hungry was that lead was she was she a Playboy playmate I think that she was uh who uh the female lead in Hercules in New York oh Hercules in New York you said yeah. you said Stay Hungry I oh guess, I'm I sorry was say, that no was not the, Sally Field no Sally no Field. no in Hercules in New York I think she was uh I don't remember did we talk about that I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I may have not known that I I, I think she was and so. It's just interesting that you get that in the seventies. Yeah, let's let's just get some Playboy playmates in here. This that should make the movie good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was definitely a thing. That, I mean, speaking of Bond movies, that's a thing that they they didn't really film with Playboy playmates, but they definitely were casting on just like, can she act? Who cares? Yeah, she's it's she's all, beautiful. It's all about the look. And yeah, yeah, it's about the look. All right, let's, that's okay. I think that's that's enough. 
That's enough of this. You ready to pull the plug? Yeah, let's just let's just end this. Sorry, everybody. End communication. I just heard the I just heard the blow. It, it's a at at it's a five mile crossing.